Counting down to bowl season on Lockdown Hawkeyes. We talked to a former Hawkeye. LaShawn Daniels today stops by. What is a bowl trip like for the players? We'll get into that. Of course, recruiting signing day a couple of days back. Some of LaShawn and my favorite prospects. And we make some bowl picks presented by FanDuel. LaShawn got me in the regular season. Let's see if I can bounce back here during bowl time. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon. He's LaShawn Daniels, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you find podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Well, as we get ready for Christmas, Lashawn, it is also bowl season, and the opening of bowl season hasn't exactly been exciting. In fact, the most football that I've watched college football since bowl games have began has come in the FCS playoffs. Uh, watched North Dakota State, Montana. That was a great game. Even Friday night in a blowout, watching South Dakota State and how good that program has built themselves into champions a couple of years back. It's been more FCS for me than the bowl games. It'll get a little bit better as we get to the weekend. We got Northwestern out there against Utah in the Vegas Bowl. It gets a little bit better. But boy, for me, just as a fan, bowl season kind of lost some luster. How about for you? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the FCS, first off with FCS playoffs, has been great it's, it's always great um just you know what's on the line and all those teams get a chance at a national title i really think it's a really entertaining product and then now with the way how bowl games are the fact that there's first off so many bowl games and then you take into account the transfer portal and guys opting out and things of that nature like you don't get the, the type of games like that that you have come to expect over you know my time, I'm not as old as everybody else, but over my time of watching bowl games and even participating in bowl games, even though the ones that I did participate, they weren't the best. But overall, it just feels like, yeah, bowl season has lost a little bit of luster, but there's going to be some good games, um, especially as you get look later in the bowl season um, and to provide some pretty entertaining entertainment. But yeah, FCS playoffs, if you haven't been tuned in there, that's a, been a great, great watch if you yeah, you mentioned it. It didn't go very well. I was kind of looking back and during your, your time period, there's some ugly ones in there. The well, the last time I was saw Tennessee in the Tax Slayer Bowl after the 2015 season, the or, the Rose Bowl, uh, we know how that one went. Would have been nice if Christian McCaffrey would have sat out that bowl game as opposed <laughs> to the following season in that one. Not sure if it was going to matter uh, on that day, but what is it like? You are locked on Hawkeyes. You're d- Whoa. <laughs> uh, what what is it like though for you guys as you're getting ready you're departing you know it's going to be there we talked about what you do the bowl prep and for young guys just how important that is guys that have been running scout team and actually get to run your own offense and defense and do those kind of things but for the guys that are out there getting ready to play they got some time off now just what the bowl destination and, and everything's like kind of leading into when you guys depart yeah um you know for so as we talked about a little bit on the pod before uh, going into like right after the season ends, you know, you, you got finals week. Um, you got to get some time to kind of let your body recover. Um, 
So you're usually in the training room a lot, or you're you're with the strength coaches, whether that's doing, um, you know, some some lifting, some conditioning, just some some stuff, just to help get your body back uh, in in prime shape after you know dealing with a, a season of of you know battering with other teams and other players. So uh, usually, as a guy that's getting ready to play, it's it's just focusing on on getting your body back. Whereas, you know, some of the younger guys, developmental guys, you're focusing on on running your offense, improving, putting yourself in a position to be able to have an opportunity to to get some snaps. Uh, maybe even in the bowl game, especially now, like with the red shirt, with the new red shirt rules, and then uh, put yourself in a position in the springtime to go ahead and uh, show you know the coaches that yeah, I am a player, I am able to play at this level. And then as you get closer to the bowl games typically the entire time you play on New Year's Day or around New Year's Day. Um, usually don't they don't let you go home for Christmas or the holiday season, which kind of sucks. Uh, but it is nice obviously, being around, uh, you know, your teammates and, you know, people you spend a lot of time with. So you don't feel, you know, totally um, alone and whatnot. But especially like for, for young players, you typically are going to miss your family a bunch during that time. But as you get um, to your later years, you, you, you adjust to it and then, you know, like you'll see them. Um, you know, after the bowl game. And then going into the trip, usually we leave about a week before the game. So around, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve is typically like when we're going to head out. We'll have a, we'll have a practice. Those parents will bring out the Santa hat um, and, and whatnot, which is always fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a good practice. We'll, we'll probably, you know, do some, some, you know, nine on seven, some, short yardage, some, some physical stuff before you get on the flight, because you know, it's going to be a couple of days before you get back on the practice field again. And then, you know, you get down to your destination and first off, you're always hoping that it's a warm destination. Like you always want it to be someplace South or, or wherever, because being in Iowa, especially in December uh, is not a fun time <laughs> or really winter in general. Um, so you're always hoping for that warm destination. And then you usually get about a day um, to kind of, you know, wander around, do different things and, and whatnot um, before you really start getting into, you know, your weekly uh, game week prep. And then depending upon the, the bowl uh, destination, there's going to be different types of bowl events. Like for the Rose Bowl, we had like a million different things that we had to uh, be a part of, um, you know, as a team and whatnot. And then um, so it wasn't as much of like, you know, free time just to, to roam L.A., uh, but for, for whereas, you know, maybe like the Outback Bowl, there's going to be a couple of things where you're going to have a little bit more time to, to kind of do your thing. So that's that's really what it's like with the bowl traps and, and leading, um, you know, to it. And I see that there's more more that, than that, but that's just kind of like the, the short and the sticky version of it. So uh, you guys go to a bowl game, you're getting practice, there's a game. We know that even today, Kirk Ferentz puts a ton of emphasis on bowl games, they're important. They're important to him, and he's old school, and he's not one of the coaches that, a, you know, just treated as an exhibition. He wants to win this game and, and put this team in rarefied air, winning 11 games in a season, something that has not been something that's done a whole lot in Iowa football history. But, you know, you're going to be able to do a little bit more. I mean, how much leeway do you guys get? I remember an Outback Bowl well before you were around, LaShawn, uh, back after the 2003 season, seeing a lot of the guys having a really good time the night after the game and uh, hoisted a few beers with those guys. But what is it like, kind of, how much flexibility do you guys have, at least before the game? Yeah, um, you know, so say, like, if we get, like, so bowl pre- so game week prep doesn't really start until, I think it's, like, about, like, five, 
days, you know, before the before the game. So usually you get there about a week before. So you got like a day um, to kind of do your thing. Like obviously, like they, you get there, you get checked in, you know, you have a couple team meetings and whatnot. You know, you kind of go over rules, like this is what you can and do, blah blah blah. Um, and then like first couple nights, yeah, you're gonna have uh, it would be like a regular like a weekend weekend curfew. So typically our cure curfew was one. 1 a.m. Um, you had to be back into your room um, and uh, not out and about or you got in trouble or obviously. Um, and then uh, there's usually whenever we are at these destinations, they're usually shuttles, especially like if we had like free time, like a bunch of free time. Uh, you know, you'd have, you'd have shuttles specifically for us that we could you know take to, to go do whatever, whether you want to uh, go to the mall or you want to go out or, or do whatever. Like you had opportunities to do that, like you know, the first like couple of days that you get there, then as you get into the game prep, you don't really have as much free time, you know, during the during the evening because you mm-hmm. got to be you got to be back in your rooms uh, a little bit earlier. Um, but typically, like a lot of times like we have, you would have like all of our stuff in the morning. So you would have, you know, our, we'd have our practices, we'd have our meetings um, and then like kind of like the afternoons, like you'd have an opportunity to, to kind of venture around the city and, and hang out and stuff like that. Um, which was which was nice. It was definitely nice because again, it's not necessarily a vacation because you know you're still there to win a football game, and it it does matter. Every opportunity that you get to play a football game um, should be treasured because you only get so many. So it is important to know that we are still there to win a football game. But they know that you know after a, a long season, um, you know players definitely do deserve to have some time to uh, do some things on their some things on their own, um, take advantage of, of the site and whatnot. And then, you know, we also got uh, Bogus, which were which were also pretty nice, uh, yeah. you know, benefit uh, to that. But we know that we're there to win a football game and the practices uh, are treated that way to, to let the players know, like, hey, we're here to win a football game, not just to be on vacation and, and you know, uh, enjoy the sites without uh, worrying about the football game. So. And then afterwards, you can have some fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Definitely better. Like if you definitely better if you win. Uh for yeah. sure. For, unfortunately we didn't get that, but hey, it is what it is. You know, you can't you can't sulk over it uh too much, but it, it is really crazy. Like it was like literally the following year they they got back on the bowl game winning streak, but they were in New York and it was cold there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, what's better, a win in New York at the Pinstripe Bowl or a loss in Tampa? I think you'd argue both sides, right? Yeah, you can argue, you can definitely argue both sides there. But, but yeah, they definitely there to win a football game, and it is important to it's really important to Coach Ferentz to to you know go out there and play play well. Recruiting classes in for the class of 2024. Everybody aside on the dotted line, Iowa with a little bit of a roster crunch, some potential guys coming back for that super senior year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about our guys, and Lashawn gets a shout out in the press conference. And an equation to one of the incoming running backs to LaShawn back in the day. We'll do that as we continue Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. I've used game time, went up to a Twins playoff game back during the fall, 
simple, easy, and I love the ability to know exactly where your seat's going to be and what your view is going to be for the game. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off your first order. Terms apply. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels, back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. LaShawn, recruiting, it is in the books, and there might be some additional additions to the uh, 2024 class. Not very likely, though. They're in a roster crunch. They're over the scholarship limit, are very close to it right now. Plus, you have the potential of a lot of guys coming back for another year, from Nick Jackson to Jay Higgins, uh, Quinn Schulte, one of those guys on the list. You just go on and on. There's a whole bunch of people, obviously, Cooper DeGene, Luke Lachey, what their decisions are going to be. So there's a lot out there. It appears that there are not going to be a whole lot more, at least as it pertains to the freshman class, and with it, uh, likely much in the transfer portal. But that aside, talk about these guys a little bit, kind of what we've seen. We'll start with your position, obviously, running back and got a chuckle listening to Tyler Barnes. All of a sudden, he throws out LaShawn Daniels uh, and the uh, making the same. I, I see it, too. Uh, he's a little bigger than you were, obviously, coming out of high school, but he's got that physicality and he got the thunder and lightning combo right with him and Brevin Dahl. But your thoughts of what you've seen from Xavier Williams out of Indiana? Yeah, so I see for starters, it's always great when, uh, you know, people give you a shout out, um, you know, uh, always always great feeling um means that you did a lot of good a lot of things really really well so always makes you feel good um but you know when you look at a guy like Xavier um he does remind me of me I mean he's a guy bigger guy runs with with great power but something that you might not think of of you know a guy you know our size in general is that their, their quickness in the hole and their feet in the hole being able to you know kind of slide and uh, find those those gaps, and then when you do see those gaps, you're able to hit it at a million miles per hour with with physicality to break tackles and um, you know create explosive runs. And I think those are some some things that he's done. He does extremely extremely well when you go ahead and you, and you look at his tape. And then when you look at the flip side, and you look at a guy like Brevin, who is fast guy, fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it jumps out on tape. And I mean, he's pulling away from guys uh, uh, left and right, people that have angles. You know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't doesn't, uh, you know, get caught in the open field. And when you have those type of combinations of, of players in your backfield, it makes your team better. Because, again, you're able to go ahead and you can you can pound a defense, you know, for, for four quarters, for all 60 minutes, um, you know, get them tired of tackling. And then, you know, you bring in a guy that, that's got, you know, electrifying, uh, you know, uh, game speed. So when you, you combine those two types of, type of players in the backfield, I think that's where you – can have a ton of success. And I think Iowa has had a ton of success in the run game in the past, you know, relying on that uh, type of strategy in the backfield. Um, you know, some of the, their best rushing teams, like those are some some qualities that the, the backfield has had. And so I'm super excited for for the, these guys to, to get to Iowa and get to work. And, you know, you, you never know with, with recruits, but, you know, you know with, with Iowa, they do a really good job of getting their type of people in the building. And they're type of guys that, you know, are going to have at least have a chance at, at success here um, at the University of Iowa. So super excited for, for those two guys. 
Another guy really intriguing, a big offensive line class. They bought in a bunch of prospects, a bunch of them also from Illinois. I got Cody Fox here from locally, a guy that had some big programs coming after him. He'd been recruited and uh, had been verbally committed since his freshman campaign. But guy from uh, just down the street from you over in Arlington Heights, Will Nolan is uh, at least an on three media. He is the top ranked guy there. Had offers, Minnesota, Vandy, Illinois, Syracuse, Duke, Iowa State, Indiana, uh, amongst the offers there. But sounds like one of those multiple guys, uh, 6'6", 275, and it's time to get back to get that butt kicker right on that offensive line. Hopefully Nolan can be one of many up front. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. I mean, so you look at it, you look at him, he's got great size, um, and you know, he got some some athleticism to him. And those are the type of things that uh, I feel like that we, that we really need on the offensive line. And again, with, with offensive alignment at Iowa, you never really know who's going to end up being being a star. I mean, you mm-hmm. got guys over, I mean, in my class, for example, that that you know, played tight end in high school and they'll become pretty good offensive linemen. So you never really know. But when you can when you can get prospects like that, you can get guys that have that, that elite size that, um, you know, play at a high played at a high level in high school. Um, you're hoping to you know translate that to the college level. Um, you know, being a, a guy that you can rely on on that offensive line to be a cornerstone, um, you know, for, for years to come. And, you know, that's that's the type of potential that, you know, you see in a, see in a guy like that. So, mm-hmm. um, see, uh, you never really know how offensive linemen pa- is going to pan out. I feel like that's probably like the toughest one to, to, to figure out when it comes to, to recruiting. But, uh, you know, it is always encouraging when you can get, you know, top flight prospect guys like that in your building especially at uh, offensive line factory like like Iowa. And, you know, you hopefully that a guy like that can continue to, to bring on that Iowa football tradition of, you know, being more on the offensive line and, uh, you know, bringing back the offensive line play that we are accustomed to seeing. Quarterback with some speed. Uh, James Rezar comes in from down in Jacksonville, Florida. Families from the upper Midwest. Uh, Wisconsin is where they grew up there, but – a guy with some wheels, I guess the concern is accuracy, and that has showed up at the high school level. But now we've seen it a couple of different times. They they got the class of 2025 already set with a quarterback in Jimmy Sullivan. Uh, last year with Marco Linez, a guy that can move a little bit. Now Rezar, maybe the fastest of the bunch. That's intriguing at the very least. Yeah, it's intriguing. I, I mean, you look at some of the, the best teams that we've had over uh, Coach Ferentz's uh, tenure, and feel like one of the, the traits of those teams is the fact that you have a quarterback that is mobile and able to create uh, things with his feet and not necessarily you don't have to be, uh, you know, a complete, you know, the explosive guy like, like Brad Banks, but, you know, you ha- you've got guys like, you know, CJ who can, you know, create and extend on a bunch of plays with their legs and then still create opportunities with the ball downfield. Like those are, those are the things that have had success, uh, they created success, offensive success for, for Iowa in the past. And it's good to see, you know, starting to kind of get back to to that, that mode of recruiting when it comes to the quarterback position. And you never you never really know how they'll, how they'll turn out. Uh, obviously, you've had, you know, a bunch of quarterbacks over the past couple of years that probably haven't panned out the way that we had been hoping that they would. But, you know, when you've got guys with uh, mobile mobility in their legs and can create and extend plays, like those are things that – can help the, the offense get back to you know more of a, of a standard that, that we're hoping for to go along with with our great defense. So it's super intriguing, and it's not every day that you get a quarterback in your building that can run you know ten six in the one hundred. 
you get a you can get a guy like that, you'll you'll take it every single time. Uh, no doubt about it. All right, LaShawn. Uh one final guy, and we did get a guy from Ohio, so I know that always makes your ears perk up when you hear that. Uh, Jalen Watson, a cornerback from over in Toledo, uh, a guy that put up big numbers offensively, but didn't play a whole bunch of defense, went to camp, and Phil Parker, I think, fell in love with him and what he can do. A guy with ball skills at cornerback, we know that's what Phil Parker likes. Yeah, yeah, Phil Parker loves it. Um, and, you know, I, every time I always gas up, uh, every time I have opportunity to gas up kids from Ohio, I do it. And especially with with him coming from an extremely, extremely good football program and, and Central Catholic over there in Toledo. I mean, they're really, really good on a year in year out basis. So, you know, that they, they're coached really well. They play extremely good football there. So um, I'm sure when, when coach Parker had opportunity to see him in camp, he's just like, okay, yeah, like this is going to be my guy. He might not, not be, you know, too known defensively yet, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to coach him up and we're going to get him right. So you're super excited, super excited about that. Um, and, you know, to add to, to more of the Ohio guys um, you know, on the Iowa roster. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely an, an intriguing move. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that Iowa does. You know, you, you, you look at a guy and you, they've been playing in a certain position in high school and then you look at him more and you're like, you know, you're going to play this position and you're going to be, you know, a great player doing this, even though it hasn't been what you're expecting. So super excited for, for his development. And anytime you get an opportunity to get coached by Coach Parker, uh, you, it's, it's going to be usually going to be a good thing. No doubt about it. We've definitely seen that throughout his tenure, both as a defensive back coach and now as a defensive coordinator. LaShawn, uh, we'll come back, and I got to get some redemption here. You throttled me during the regular season. I came back, made it tight at the end, but you got me in the final week of the season. Our picks contest presented by FanDuel. We will make them five bowl games coming up over the next week. We'll make our picks as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. That's right. Don't have to worry about the point spread. Don't have to worry about any of that. All it is is a team to win. They could be a huge favorite. They win the game. That's 150 bucks in your account. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use and a wide range of betting options, not just the spreads and the over-unders. They have player props. You can put together same-game parlays, a futures market that is as good as anywhere that you're going to find. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season as we go into the final three weeks of the regular season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. It is time for our picks. We got five games here. We got a little Big Ten flavor to it. We got some good games as we make our way through the week. I decided not to just do like five games from Saturday because LaShawn, there's a bunch of yuck on there. But one of the games on Saturday is the Las Vegas Bowl. There is some time. I very much hope the Hawkeyes are there. I love Las Vegas and would love uh, to see the Hawkeyes playing in Sin City. Northwestern gets the call, though, for this one against Utah. Kyle Whittingham, great in bowl games, but he's got a lot of guys that are not part of it. What do you see as the Utes are favored by six and a half? Yeah, um, I don't think 
uh, Utah probably had the season that they were hoping to have, um, especially with them offensively, uh, you know, struggling a little bit at times. Uh, you know, they, they think they battled, they battled all year. Um, but all in all, just didn't have the year that they expected. Whereas you know, Northwestern, you didn't really know what to expect. I expected them to be, you know, probably one of the, the worst teams in uh, the, the Big Ten. But lo and behold, they went and you know, kind of proved everybody wrong. And they'd done a great job with them. And they, you know, finished off the season extremely, extremely strong. And because of that reason, I, I kind of like Northwestern to cover. Um, you know, uh, they had been playing good football to, to finish the, the season. And, you know, there was just a lot of just kind of up and downs with, with Utah this season. And it just kind of feels like they almost felt like, all right, let's just get this over with. Let's just kind of get to the to next season. So give me give me uh, the Wildcats on that. I'm right there with you. And, you know, a big part of the handicap now that you have to do for these bowl games is who's going to be there, right? Who's going to be playing? Now, we know that Cam Rising is going to be back for another season uh, with Utah next season. But the backups, the guys that played throughout the course of the year, they're not going to be around. There is a whole lot of opt-outs there. And you kind of th look through the uh, the list here, and it is immense. And for that reason, I'm with you on Northwestern. Uh, Nate Johnson, the quarterback, Bryson Barnes, the backup. Both those guys are in the portal. Now, Barnes is going to play in the game for Utah. And on the other side, Northwestern's got a couple of guys that are even in the portal. Only one of them, uh, an offensive lineman, played a whole lot this season. So I'm going to grab the points. I'm with you. Motivation there. I think Utah does win the game, but I think we get a good one. And I think that's all you can hope for in a bowl game. Pick number two, it is also on Saturday. It is Air Force against James Madison. JMU was one of the stories of college football throughout the course of the season, trying to get the waiver in the Armed Forces Bowl. You got to take Air Force, right? Plus the departure of the head coach for Indiana from James Madison, as Kurt Sinetti will not be there uh, with the Dukes. I'm going to grab Air Force. I think they win this game outright. This is tough. Uh, this is a tough one on me. Um... You know, I, I, I like Air Force uh, a bunch. Um, they didn't finish the year that they uh, really wanted to. Um, started your strong, but didn't finish strong. Whereas, you know, JMU, they were strong throughout the entire year and then lost a tough one um, uh, to Appalachian State in, like, overtime. Um, so they think they, they're a good football team. It's tough when you when you lose your coach. Um, but I don't I, I, I like the way that they're playing. And... Um, with the line being as, as small as it is, I honestly feel like JMU on this one. So. Going with James Madison. All right, our first disagreement there. Let's go next to the day after Christmas. Detroit for Christmas time. Is there anything better? Well, for Phil Flex program, I'm completely happy with that. They got Cole Kramer uh, that they allegedly gave $30,000 to play in this bowl game as he was departing. Uh, Cal Gmanis is in the transfer portal. He'll be leaving. They're looking for new quarterbacks. We'll see Darius Taylor if he's going to play this season. Uh, they're outstanding on running back. What's going to happen there? Uh, Tyler Newbin, their great safety who might be a first-rounder. I think that he would be sitting out of this one. But if there's one guy that can motivate his team with a whole bunch of crap, and that is the case for Minnesota, it's that idiot Phil Flack. Because of that, I'll lay it. Give me Minnesota minus the three and a half. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I'm 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 gonna be, I'm think I'm right there with you, um, you know Bowling Green, uh, they they battled throughout the year, finished the year pretty strong. I think um, won like four out of their last five, but uh, all in all, I think Minnesota's just the better team, and you know, PJ Flex would be able to, to motivate the guys, whoever whoever show happens to show up for them, even though you know it's 
uh, Detroit in December, which, <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to be brutal, but I think Peter Fleck does a great job motivating his team and gets them up um, at any opportunity. So give me the golfers on this one. We'll see if they uh, disappoint me. <laughs> Bad Boy Mowers a Pinstripe Bowl. Miami is going to New York City. You played in this game, LaShawn. You know about it. Both teams have some injuries, some opt-outs, including uh, Rutgers, their best uh, defensive back, and Max Belton will not be playing in this game. they got a bunch of other guys in the portal. Miami will be playing without Tyler Van Dyke, their quarterback, who's moving on to Wisconsin. A bunch of dudes opting out here. You know, I think the narrative for a lot of people is going to be Miami cold weather, no chance. I'd still give me the Hurricanes. I'll, I'll take Miami in a flyer here and probably look like an idiot because I don't think those guys will want to be in the cold, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, again, Miami had had some some good games throughout the year. I mean, they played some. They played a lot of their ranked opponents extremely, extremely tough mm-hmm. this year. Um, whereas you know, Rutgers, it seemed like they would play their teams tough and then just fall off at the end of the game and just end up getting you know blown out. So I like Miami a lot more in this than I do Rutgers. But I mean, really, it's it's it really is it really is a toss up. But I like Miami. They played tough the entire season. And every single rate component that they played, I feel like they had an opportunity to beat them. So, give me the Hurricanes in this one. All right, we wrap things up with uh, one of the more intriguing non-power bowls out there, the Elmo Bowl. Arizona is such a fun story as they just continue to get better and better as the season went on against Oklahoma. Your choice first up on this one should be a fun game down in San Antonio. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, this will be a fun one. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really close. The uh, I do think Arizona will pull it off just because I feel like that it, the way that they finished the season this year, I think was phenomenal. I mean, they did an extremely good job uh, defensively and then uh, was able to obviously score enough on offense to keep themselves in a position to, to pull off these games. But, you know, Oklahoma, I can never really count Oklahoma out of anything. Um, even with, uh, you know, some, some guys moving on the transfer portal. Uh, I, I, I just, something about Oklahoma that I, that I like about them. And I feel like they'll definitely be able to keep this, keep this one close uh, and not let Arizona kind of, kind of pull away on this one. So, so give me the Sooners. Grabbing Oklahoma plus the three. I will do the same Jackson Arnold, who we've heard a ton about. He's going to get the start here with Dylan Gabriel on his way over to Oregon. There's a reason Dylan Gabriel entered the transfer portal payday. Yes. But Jackson Arnold is going to be there. I think we're going to find out a whole lot about him. I'm with you. Give me the Sooners as we agree with our final pick. Those are our picks presented by FanDuel as we will make some more coming up next week as we get into bigger and bigger bowl games and including, of course, Iowa as they get ready for Tennessee. Merry Christmas, LaShawn. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Go Hawks. You are live.